Okay, hi everybody, and you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I am your host, Johnny Masato, and joining me today is Mr. Kaoshima Bukuro. How's it? And Devin Nakoba. What's up? Before we begin, let me remind all our listeners that the ways they can stay in touch with the show, there is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at High Sessions. You can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts and download the podcast. And over there, what should they do, Devin? Uh, they should rate us five stars or not rate us at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, I looked at our rating and we are at five stars. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, for thank you to everybody who's gone out and rated us. We don't care why you gave us five stars. We're just happy that you are. Wait, what happens if they rate you four? I uh, changed the algorithm. Uh, we don't pop up for people so that they can see us and watch the, uh, watch the podcast and go, why the hell did this thing get five stars? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least uh, giving us five stars, at least gives us a fighting chance. Yeah, you know, we get a fighting oh, chance. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's all good. I mean, oh. someday we will someday we will rank up there with like GQ's top, you know, podcasts of the of the year or something. That's right. That's Maybe. right. Yeah. Finally, okay. you can email us at high sessions at yahoo.com. And if you would like to help the show and get more music on the channel, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N and donate. There you get to be more involved with the show. We do behind-the-scenes footage of both the music recordings and the podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, it very helps us out a lot. So thank you for those who have been patrons for all this time. You know, we're coming up on almost a year. I think we started this thing in November of last year. and Really? Oh. In August. Yeah, so it's, oh. it's going by pretty quick. That went now, by fast because we literally only took like a two-week break in between, I think. Yeah. For, yeah. For COVID, during COVID. Yeah, we thought, oh, we'll take a couple weeks off, but we'll be back in no time. Oh, and yeah. here we are, six months later, uh, still doing Zoom podcasts because uh, COVID's still going loud yeah. and proud. Proud mm-hmm. and proud. Mm-hmm. So today, uh, it's just the three of us for, for a little while. We were going to have no guest, but um, coming on the podcast later are Corey and Mixon, who are bakers that participated in a show called Sugar Rush on Netflix. Uh, that I love. I, I love that show. And then, of course, I'm sitting there, you know, just watching this new season that came on last week. And Corey and Nixon show up, and I'm like, hey. I, I guarantee you, these two are local. The, the, once they started <laughs> talking, I'm like, these these are local people. And then, oh, we're from Honolulu, Hawaii. I was like, oh my god. So, called them up, and uh, they're going to be on the show. So we'll get some baking how'd you, tips. How'd you get a hold of them? Did you just Facebook them or something? I, or? I Instagram. I Instagram messaged Corey. Yeah. And then she put me in touch with Nixon. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was just like, I just watched the show, you know. So I won't tell you I don't know if they want us to tell you what happens on the show. So we'll wait till they come on and then we'll we'll talk about it. But yeah, Sugar Rush, uh it's a cool show at um if you I don't even bake and I like it. It's a it's a competitive baking show. Yeah, yeah. did you watch it? I did. I did. Did you oh, enjoy cool. looking at the sugar Stuff. I, I enjoyed the fact that you I enjoyed the fact that I know Corey. No way. Oh, you know Corey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> when we'll, he came we'll, up, I went, "Hey, Corey, we'll what's talk about, We'll talk about how you know him when we yep. get. We'll get into. Off. We'll get into all of that stuff. So okay. I wanted okay. to surprise you guys with that information because that was a, uh, yeah, news for me too. All right. Oh, cool. Well, this 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 is perfect because we did get some listener questions. You know, because oh. it was free form, I did kind of post out like, "Hey." Uh, we'll be doing it solo. So does anybody want us to talk about certain things? There were three different questions. 
I'm all giving right. us 10 minutes per question because I don't want to go too long into certain things, all right? Especially this first one because I do oh, feel boy. obligated to talk about it. But um, again, after Billy V, I think we're going to run into some resistance from the audience if we go too long, okay? Oh, okay. So we did have from uh, Renis Sato 8, he wanted us to discuss Star Wars. <laughs> and we've talked about Star Wars in the past, Devin and I, and Devin yeah. is a Star Wars nerd, if I can put it that yeah, way. Yeah, not, not as much of a nerd as like other people are, but yeah. You have a lightsaber, though. I do. I have a couple of them. Yeah. You do? And now, yeah, Kai, are you even, do you have you even watched all the movies? I watched the 1978 one in 1978. Oh, okay. Then a couple times later after that to just kind of refresh. And then I watched the uh, episode whatever, and then I watched the other one with Jar Jar, and then I watched the other one with uh, what is that? The old Luke Skywalker on the mountain, and then I stopped. Kyle is not a Kyle is not a big Star Wars yeah, fan. He's like, not <laughs> sure on this. Yeah. So yeah. so we'll keep it short because uh, you know. Okay, I'll I'll start off. And well, what, I mean, does he have a specific question? Or he, he just said he just said Star he just Wars. wants he us to talk about Star Wars. About Star Wars. Well, okay. Well, Devin, what is your fascination with Star Wars? Why Star Wars out of everything? Uh, that you because do? I, when I was growing up in Kona, um, the movie came to the one theater we had in Kona, and I watched it 30 times. And, and parents this was, paid 30 times for the same movie. No, this was in 1977. So when you watch the movie, you, you stay. Could, you you could stay so i would just sit there all day oh. and just watch the movie over and over oh your parents just left you there that, huh your, your parents just left you there and pick you up at night I, I guess you know what i'd never even thought about it until later i went you know my parents had to been wondering where the hell i was but it, it just <laughs> i just was at the theater once they went well he's not were you by yourself i guess he's friends were you by yourself? No, I was watching the movie by myself. I wasn't watching it with my friends. I, I realize that now. I wasn't, it, it did not appeal to me and a bunch of my friends. It appealed to me. And so I have, would watch it over friends? and over. Uh, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> I had friends. Yeah. So you must have been, what, like 10? Yeah. Yeah. 77? Wow. Oh, nine. 10. Nine. Yeah, oh, nine. So yeah, I mean, because. You know, because Hawaii stuff came to us like almost a year later. Right, right, right. right, right. So, I mean, the movie came out in 77, but I had to have seen it in 70, probably. Wait a minute. It didn't, it didn't air the same time as everybody else in the movie. Not in Kona. Not that I know of. Oh, yeah, Kona. <laughs> no. But in Honolulu, I think it aired the same time, I would think. Yeah. Right, Kona, awesome. they just got Pirates of the Caribbean at the theater. <laughs> <laughs> 2020. <laughs> Dude, it was a it was a big thing when we got a th when we got three movie theaters because it was like oh my god we get choices now <laughs> before yeah, it was yeah, yeah. we watched the movie and if the movie did well it would just stay. I saw movies like Wizards and I mean all these weird movies that you just never would watch normally. I heard ET stayed there for two years, huh? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> Possibly, I, I was gone by then. I think so. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I remember every summer I used to go visit my friend in Kona when I was probably 10, 10 11, 12, that, that age. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we, the movie theaters would just have couple, one or two movies and that's it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Kona, Kona was just not in that kind of a place where you would have that kind of stuff. So it was, it was cool. And then my, uh, my, my mom's cousin who lived on the mainland sent me all of the toys. And I mean, oh. all of them. 
the entire like if I'd kept them now, oh my could god, retire. Yeah, I, I could retire because mm. you know the the Luke Skywalker with the um, with the lightsaber in his in his arm was I think it's going for like six hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. Where, where is and it? It doesn't all? even have to work anymore. Huh? Where is it all? Oh, I, my parents threw it away because I we moved from Kona to Oahu, so oh. it wasn't something that I would have brought with me. So you think your parents throwing away um, your original toys started your obsession with? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and actually, they didn't throw them away. We sold them. Uh, we were moving to Oahu, so we had a. Uh-huh. My parents tried to convince me that we were going to have a garage sale and you would get all this money, and I thought, yeah. And then the day before we had the garage sale, I was violently ill, and I thought it was food poisoning. But it turns out it was a psychological thing. Now that I think about it, I just didn't want to get rid of my stuff. But I, I had to. I, I sold my stuff. So it was, you know, a, it was a very traumatic moment for me. And I, don't, I, I realized that after talking to my therapist, I'm like, yeah, probably that wasn't a good idea. It also, you know, my, um, my parents not wanting me to be into music, I think, pushed me in that direction. So it's why mm-hmm. music is such a gigantic part of my life. It's why it was because uh, it, it, it was always around me, but I never actually got to own it myself. So I finally learned the reason of your toy obsession. It makes sense. Well, and then there was you're keep trying to, you're trying to reclaim your childhood. No, it's also because I never had control over the th- God, this is getting way too deep psychologically, but I <laughs> never, um, I, I don't think I, uh, I was able to hold on to stuff. You know, when you have a, when you have a family that is not really focused on things and they make you throw everything away, it can make you sort of hold on to stuff as tightly as you can. Uh, it's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Well, it's a bad thing for my wife because it means I got a lot of crap in the house, but um, uh, it, yeah, I think it, it pushed me in that direction. Definitely. Yeah, so, you, I don't know if you ever went to Devin's house before John, but he has a room. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. basically a vault of shit that he bought that just sits there for years. And I think he doesn't even, some of them he doesn't even look at. It's still in boxes. But Actually, all that stuff moved to a shed. So there's a shed with all that stuff in it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I always used to kind of rag him about that. But now I understand the, the, the reason of it. And, but, um, but my parents but I won't. Thousands of dollars in therapy for that, for that little tidbit of information, boys. So enjoy. <laughs> my, my parents pulled something like that. I remember where they... Um, when I was little, I used to have a sandbox. I used to love playing in my, in my sandbox, you know. And then when, when they built an addition, at one point, they're like, oh, um, the contractor ran out of sand for the concrete, the mix. So we, we're going to have to use the sandbox uh, sand. I was like, oh, okay. You know what? I'm thinking, oh, I'm helping my parents and stuff. And then like years later, like in my 30s, I think my dad was like, no, nah, nah, we had sand, but I was tired of you with that sandbox, so. We got, hmm. that's how we got rid of the sandbox. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, Corey's here. <laughs> hey, Corey. Oh, hey, oh, oh both of them. Hey, two for one. Hi. What's up, what's up, All right. Hey, um. Is it okay? Or, or can you hear yeah. us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can totally hear you. I didn't know you got to be Like you're together. on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let me... Let me introduce everybody. So I'm John. Um, I'm just a spectator who enjoys the show and was cheering for you folks. But uh, yeah, so this is part of our show. Then you have Kyle in one of the squares there. 
Hi. Hi, Kyle. Kyle is the owner of uh, High Life Clothing and um, does the podcast with us. And then um, Devin Nicoba is a radio personality, but apparently knows you, Corey. Devin who? No. Nicoba. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, so how do you guys know each other? Um, she worked at my dentist office. Ah, this yeah. is before Corey's yeah. Cake Dreams. <laughs> oh, is that Actually, the reason yeah. why you went into um, making still, cake? You're tired yeah, looking at still them. making cakes and stuff. She was doing it as a as a side business even then, oh, right? Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. So, and then and then I would do a I would be at a wedding and then all of a sudden I'd be like, Hey, Corey, what are you doing here? So, <laughs> so how was Devin's tea? Was it really nice, or did it need a lot of work? <laughs> Dude, she worked in the front, man. She didn't work. Oh. With, no, <laughs> don't ask me that question. door. <laughs> <laughs> And then so, so everybody, everybody, Corey and Nixon, so they're, they're um, separate cake makers, and we'll talk about how they came to be a team. But uh, let me, before that, I guess uh, I'll introduce everybody to the show, which is Sugar Rush, which uh, I'm a big fan. Like, we got hooked on that show because of COVID, basically. And every That's night, you know, like, you go, you have your family, and you're like, what are we going to watch tonight? And Sugar Rush and Zumbo's uh, whatever, that the competition show, that's kind of what we, the family could all agree on. It's good family fun. And mm -hmm. Sugar Rush, uh, specifically, it's a competition show. So there are four teams. Each team has two bakers. And you have to challenge on three challenges. One is a cupcake. One is a confection. And then you have a cake. And every round that, that you win or you get past, if you win, you get either time or in this case, money. And uh, it's a fun show, uh, I, you know, just because I love sweets and cakes and all that kind of stuff. So just to see people make it is so much fun. And then the other night I'm sitting there and I turned it over, I'm watching it and I sort of got, as soon as you two came on, like once you started talking like, oh, these people from Hawaii, I can tell they're, they're local. This is not your, this is not your, um, Mainland Asian up here. This is a this is a Hawaii team, and then sure enough, you guys are saying you're from Honolulu, Hawaii. So, how did you even get on the show? Like, or, or okay, sorry, how did you even meet first, the two of you? So, so Corey and I met through mutual friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of mutual friends and also social media. I think we, the first time we met was through um, the Broader Expo. Yeah. I had a I was a, one of the vendors. Having a show, doing a show, and then she was one of the. My sister and I was oh. getting married. Oh, was it? Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. He's screaming across like Blaisdell, and that was Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you guys did did you work before before you went on the show? So were you like making cakes together before that, or? First cake we ever did together. Really? Yes. Oh. No. That's impressive. Okay, okay. Before we go on, is it okay to let people know how the results came out? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Okay, because the show aired last week. Okay, so Corey and Nixon ended up winning the entire show that they were on. So they beat all the other three contestants. They didn't. And, um, they didn't just. They didn't. You can't just say they beat them. They spanked them. Yeah. They won every them. challenge. He was like, "Oh, wow. Okay, wow. <laughs> they just swept the whole thing. I felt yeah. bad for a lot of people. They were just like, oh." Corey Nixon won again. Okay, right on. And I bought <laughs> Same here. I was like, what? What just happened? What yeah. did they say? <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, I, watching the show often, nobody ever wins 
every single challenge. Like it's, it's always uh -huh. back and forth, but man, they swept everything. So, okay, so how did you end up on the show? So they reached out to me. Um, well, we got to backtrack a little bit. So I think okay. they got our info from the Food Network, I think. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was from the Food Network. Because six months before uh, Netflix reached out to us, uh, we interviewed we got Netflix. Yeah, the Food Network, we had an interview with them. And I think oh. we were like a backup for the, the group that they have already picked. So if that group was sick or could not make the show, we were like the backup. Oh. And so oh. we never made it <laughs> to the Food Network. And wow. so the, uh, I think uh, Netflix picked us up from there. And then so and six months, yeah. Out. And then they reached out. So I, I asked Corey if she wanted to give it another round. So like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's try it. And we got wait, in. Wait, the Food Network was for another show? Was it a different show? It was for another yeah. uh, or, or some kind of cake challenge. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, and then when did you film this? Because it, obviously, was it, it wasn't during COVID, was it? Right before. Yeah, right like before. Like, late. Yeah. Because it was like a group hug at the end. I went, yeah, this is before COVID. Because <laughs> 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 that, that brother was like sweating plenty, man. If I had been worried about COVID, there's no way I'd <laughs> that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> oh no, there. I mean, it, it was it was it was nice because everybody that you worked with on that show seemed very very nice. Um, oh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that poor lady, uh, that African American lady. Oh, she's having a hard time though. She's pressuring out. <laughs> They're all really good though. Yeah. Going in, to be honest, we were the underdogs. They really? had show experience. Yeah. The other guys. Oh, oh, so this was your first time on a competitive cooking show. This was our first time, but the pre the, the other group, the other they, they've competitors. had, yeah, they, they've had Food Network experience. Yeah, a few of them won, like, other challenges. Yeah. So, even even worse, <laughs> you guys come out of nowhere, spank everybody, <laughs> win everything. And they're like, no. wait a second, wait. But at least you're very nice, at least you're very nice about it. So, so since that episode aired last week, right? Yeah. How has your life changed from that? Oh, man, so crazy. I mean, I, I, tonight I'm going to have to post something like we, we are, I'm going to have to apologize because I cannot reply to everybody. It's just mm -hmm. overwhelming. Yeah. I cannot take everyone's order. It's just, oh, I'm, I'm like backtrack. I'm yes. too much. It's and, crazy. Yeah. Social media, everybody reaches out to us now. Yep. It's, it's amazing. We hear like, People from Africa is like messaging us yeah, it's and crazy. all wow. over. Really? So it's been amazing. Yeah. Is there any future programs or any future things that you want to um, tell us, or is no. it still in the wraps, or what, what's? You what can't say no. Cannot. No. <laughs> we let you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Or reach out again and say, "Oh, sorry, we never get." I know, right? How you like me now? You can yeah, show right. off your trophy. You can show off your trophy and your big check and be like, so what? Food Network. No. You ready for us? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so is, is the show similar to how it looks on TV? Like, I mean, is it really that fast paced or is there a lot of kind of standing? Oh. Once the clock goes, it doesn't stop. The clock just keeps ticking. Yeah. 
that's why before the show i didn't know what was going on in the other kitchens i never knew what they made because you're just trying to finish up mm. what you have in front yeah. of you while yeah. they're like you know tasting everybody's things mm -hmm. when when yeah because you guys are so close together i i would have thought you know you could hear individual what's happening but i guess you're concentrating too hard yeah. just so focused at our own station we we don't even look <laughs> you figure we take 11 hours to make that same cake or 12 hours we had like yeah. three hours and 45 minutes that's so yeah. crazy and during that whole um episode when you guys are doing this competition and it's hours right condensed into an hour show but it's more than one hour show did, was yeah. it a continuous take like did, were you guys just constantly there like four hours or did you guys take a break take a shower come back when i make up again <laughs> or was it like uh, or whatever or was it just a continuous and, kitchen experience go back in the kitchen after a break you can yeah, but yeah. You, your clock is still ticking <laughs> oh so wow. you want to take a break you can take a break but we're oh man that took a long time to edit and a long time to film then yeah pretty sure yeah. even the judging when they were judging the clock was sticking too so it's oh. crazy oh that takes up time because i was going to so say you, you do you get to interact with uh, the Candice and Adriano, or do they just the only time you had to ever talk to them was just when they came to your table to taste the stuff? That judging when they came to our table. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I think it'd be hard for them to if they came around to see you guys while you're trying to bake. <laughs> like, yeah. We want to be nice to you, but can you go away because <laughs> we can't focus <laughs> on what we gotta do, right? I mean, because yeah. some of the, I mean, yeah, especially that last cake, because that last that those last cakes are so intricate there's so much in that thing I, I don't know how i mean the the idea for the boom box and the 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 part that was really cool was that you really um because you made music sort of the motif and you carried that through the whole thing it, it was impressive and you could um they edited it really well because you could see okay this group are they good but they're putting just they're making it way too complicated and you guys kind of went hey, you know what let's do a ho ho <laughs> and then and you just, you know what I mean? You, you made whatever you made just as, as amazing as you could. And then you added some stuff on the end. And it wasn't to that, that big cake. See, I'm, by the way, I'm doing this because I'm proving to them that I actually watched the show. They think <laughs> that I didn't watch you guys do this. And I'm like, no, I watched the show. In fact, I, in fact, I was jumping around because the way John was talking about it, it sounded like you guys did this whole season of like eight episodes where you guys won all these. And then I went, wait, no, these are two Filipino ladies from... Washington, that's not them. <laughs> I, I know that's not them. And then when I saw your face, Corey, I went, "Holy crap! I know her." And so, and then I went, "Oh, it's just this one episode, and it's the very last episode of the whole thing." And I went, "Oh, well, that's, I thought it was the first episode. The first episode was the first. Episode. Oh, it I don't know. I I watched it in a weird order and like <laughs> trying to find us. I saw them come up. I saw them come up because I had to keep skipping because they don't say who's on the episode. They, you know, you know what's so. funny. Like, uh, you brought up the editing. The editing was, you know, they made us look so good in the show. We screwed up during we, the... We made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, we made a lot of really? mistakes. Yeah. Really? Oh. Was, I was like what? Can you, can you tell us a story of one of the mistakes that you made? <laughs> the cupcakes. The cupcakes. Our icing didn't turn out. Yeah, our buttercream didn't turn out. So we had to do another we batch. We do it. From scratch, yeah. yeah. Wow. That, yeah, that, that set us back. A good 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. It, okay. I, I, got a, I got a question. Oh, John's got a good question. Hang on. on. Okay, because you have very skilled bakers doing these things, and it 
everybody seems to screw up at some point. Is it because the kitchen is different? You know, you're, not, you're not used to that kitchen, right? So you, you're diff- right using different stove, using different uh, oven and stuff. And so things might not come out quite the way you thought because it's not your particular kitchen. Is that it? Or do or just people just nervous or they just fuck things up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was just the environment. We don't know where all the equipments are. And just because me and Carl, we've never baked together. So we don't know, yeah? We don't know, you know, our... How fast? I know, sorry, she's a perfectionist, and so that. And it wasn't perfect. It was, yeah, it wasn't perfect. But yeah, I mean, you had to like you're running around looking for things in the kitchen, and you're used to having all your tools, and now you have different tools, so it's interesting. Mm -hmm. So it just so it. I mean, the the part that's fascinating is it just so happened the two of you start baking and go. Oh, you bake okay, and then you decide to do this contest where you're mm-hmm. up against couples. I mean, there were there was another couple it seemed that uh, that had kind of met and started working together. But there was that one couple at the end, like they're married. They're married. Yeah, they're business is what they do. And so they work together all the time, and the two of you looked like you were really in sync through the whole thing. There was no real, you know, you you got the same idea. You said, okay, we're going to execute it this way, and I went, wow, that's amazing. No, but inside we're like boiling. We just don't show. <laughs> Can you guys explain um, to us your individual businesses and what you do? Please, the Can you explain what your guys' individual businesses are and what you guys what you guys do for a living? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Corey. So I actually work full time at an orthodontic office, and then I have my cake business as well. So I do both. Normally weekends is all cakes and weekdays is dental, working on smiles. Um, But I specialize more in wedding cakes. So everybody canceled because of COVID. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But it's custom cakes what I do, what we put in. Okay, so for me, you know, I just opened up a storefront. I mean, I'm brand new to the, the storefront, yeah? So, I mean, like, I think I'm going on not even a year and a half. Uh, oh. Previous to starting up my own thing, I was I was the baker for uh, camp school. I was at camp oh. school for a while. I was at Hyatt Regency for a while. And I was at Hilton, uh, uh, Hilton Hawaiian Village for a while, too. So that's kind of my baking experience. But my background is actually cooking. I... I was a. I've been cooking longer than I've been baking. I was a chef. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So I had a lunch wagon and catering business. For oh my gosh. <laughs> what was your lunch wagon called? Uh, it was called Paper Plate Catering and Lunch Wagon. Where, where, where did you, where did you sell your plate lunches out of? Like what area? I was I was where Lowe's is on Nimitz. I was behind oh. Lowe's between Lowe's at, Lowe's wasn't there yet. It was just flat, flat land before. Mm-hmm. So that, it was way back before Eat the Streets and all of that. Okay, gotcha. Oh, so you're way older than we think you are. I was going to say, you don't seem like you're that old, the, man. You got, the, you got the Asian thing going where you're like 90. And you only, <laughs> that, that, you know, that Asian yeah. thing. Where, girl, uh, 19, 17, and 14. So that kind of... <laughs> wow. Yeah. Huh. That is, I'm the same age as him. <laughs> I'm one year younger. 
you could never, you would never know by looking at you guys. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so when when they ask you to be on the show, does that mean you have to bring yourself up? You have to bring whatever equipment you have up on your own? Is that on your own dime, or did they actually? Everything's provided for us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We felt like uh, we needed something that, like specialty. Yeah, specialty. Then we could bring it. I mean, if if we felt if we felt like we knew we would use it, then we could ask a request. Yeah. Hmm. All right, because that was my question. Because every once in a while, there's like, for example, Bubba and uh, Nicole, they had like guitar molds. And I always think like whenever there's a special thing, it's like, did they just have guitar molds lying around out there? Or like, are are you, because it seems like you guys are figuring this thing out on the spot, like what you're going to do. But there's a lot of times on the show where, where there's a very specific like mold or thing that they yeah. need and they just happen to have it i'm like how would they so, even yeah it's like yeah, they, they have they everything have a, you have a back room where you can just lick, it's, kick, like, yeah. it's like heaven yeah it's like uh <laughs> it's like a party city and then you get to it's like crazy it's uh, yes thing it's like my dream place yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind so of when you, what you need yeah mm. yeah those so stuff oh yeah but it, it's a big place they have a lot of stuff so when you were planning, I mean, that, that little bit where you guys are doing stuff, you're doing notes and whatnot, did they tell you, okay, write everything down here and then go we'll run and go we'll get everything? I mean, they, they gave you that time or? Everything comes in, yeah, because we do, we did plan out a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like you have they, to have like an idea. Yeah. Like, a idea. So, I mean, going into the competition, you want a list of like choke items that you would want to do, yeah? Yeah. And then... You'll you'll have to see what what'll match uh, within their whatever the challenge is because I mean we we will have a list but if it doesn't you know uh, match up with the challenge then I'll take that out and then let's see what what see what matches that's pretty much what had happened. I I just don't understand how you guys work so well together and just like hey nice oh, to meet really? you okay let's go do these cakes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always say. <laughs> he's got my back all the time yeah wow that's amazing oh i don't know yeah cory knows my strength and i know cory's strength so that, that they complement yeah. each other yeah. he can, like build anything out of nothing and i'm more like i like clean lines i like you know we have different styles and it complements mm-hmm. so that so that last cake i mean how did you decide okay Nixon, you go make the boom box, okay? You gonna make this guy, okay? Corey, you gotta, you know, do the drip cake. I, I mean, how does that work out? Okay, so the Walkman was was a big thing, yeah. So like, we let's just go with the music theme. So boom box, right off, because they saw me break dancing, and so boom box is the thing, oh. and it helped because it was an exploding cake, mm-hmm. right? The challenge to have something mm-hmm. explode. The boom box I knew would carry a lot of caddy, so boom, boom box. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we worked off on the boombox and then automatic gumball because candy was all over the place. Yeah. So, there was junk food, mm-hmm. you had to make it sweet was the theme. So, yeah. yeah. And then well, we needed like to add more stuff in the middle. Yeah. There was a two feet uh, mandatory thing yeah, for the, the height. Oh, oh I didn't okay. know that. I didn't okay. know that. Oh. That they don't even share with you. But yeah, there was a mandatory yeah. minimum two feet. That's a huge cake. <laughs> yeah, it's a tall cake. 
it was one of the more impressive cakes that I've seen on the show. And man, I, I, I telling you, we were sitting there and the other groups one didn't explode, right? And I was like, brah, if, if, if they don't, if Corey and Nixon don't win this, I'd be so pissed. Man. But yeah. you know, the premiere, oh, that was the very first time Corey and I saw what they made. Yeah. And so oh. we were all surprised too. Like, oh, wow. Oh. That we didn't, yeah, we knew nothing. All of their, all of their desserts, we, yeah. we, we did not know. I mean, you could see it, but it was like across the yeah. room, you know? Mm -hmm. And oh, that's right. Because you're saying that because the timer's running the whole time, so you're you're still yeah. cooking. You know, well, and guys, we're still doing our thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll see it when the show comes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <and> I, <laughs> I was like, I'm done. <laughs> it was well, exhausting. While Bubba and uh, wait, what was their names again? Bubba and Nicole, Nick. they were formidable foes for sure. Like, their stuff looked pretty good too. So I was I was a little worried, but. That's what we were worried about. When we met them, we're like, whoa. Yeah, we were, I was, we were, Corey and I, we were scared. We were very intimidated. And like, I don't know if you guys cut the part where I said, Corey, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to flex on them. Yeah. The whole reason I said that was that I wanted to show them that we're here to battle and we're here to, you know, just kind of represent Hawaii. And so I was focused on the two characters, which is the B-Boy Ice Cream and B-Boy Donut. I did those first and had them, I had the two characters facing them to kind of intimidate them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind me flexing on them. So the two characters were, were flexing on them. That's uh, yeah. You, you, yeah, you come from a battle background, that's why, right? Got it. <laughs> Get in the head a little bit. Okay, nice. Smooth, nice move, nice move. <laughs> and do you feel like the extra 30 minutes helped you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it was it was worth the trade. <laughs> you take that money. You had it twice. Yeah. I did it, but oh, we would, we would definitely always it was such a big help. Uh, and and to watch that, uh, to watch that couple, all they could do was sit there. My my <laughs> wife was watching it with me, and she's like, "They can't even talk to each other." I'm like, "No, I don't, I don't think they can." So they they're just standing there. They're in the kitchen, and they're looking at all their stuff, and they're like. Well, uh, like they couldn't write anything down. They couldn't do anything. And you guys are just going to town. And I went, oh, man, this is, oof. Yeah, I mean, talk about flexing on them. That a huge, I mean, so much cake we had to bake off. Yeah. The boombox is big and the rest of the cakes, yeah? So we had a lot of, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the volume is just a lot of cake we had to bake. And where does the, where do you get the cake mixes from? Is there just like a big box of a big bunch of boxes of these that you put making it from scratch scratch yeah hmm. we're running that wall and grabbing all our yeah, ingredients yeah. Oh, okay okay from scratch yeah wow yeah. holy moly the so only the biggest difference um from you know from my kitchen and their kitchen is that they have a blast chiller yeah the blast freeze anything him like and his blast chiller <laughs> drives me but Everything we did, I, I told Corey, just put everything in the blast chiller. In one minute, it'll freeze pretty much anything. <laughs> but it'll also ruin the icing. And yeah, so you gotta time it. Yeah, you cannot just keep it in there for too long. Otherwise, it'll ruin. It'll ruin the recipe. Huh. Now, what's the with the blast chiller? Watching that show, you feel like, ooh, I should get a blast chiller. And then you look <laughs> online, it's like freaking $20,000 for one of those things. <laughs> oh, wow, really? Yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're yeah. expensive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. What would so you do with a blast chiller, John? I don't know. Just freeze my free stuff for fun. <laughs> In like one minute. <laughs> yeah. Call call uh, Nixon. Come over. Cook make some cakes or something. Have some good times. Get drink a beer. Bake some cakes. <laughs> show me show me some some uh, skills. You know. So, show so you Nixon, how to flex. Yeah, Nixon. You, we know how you have a cooking background. So Corey, is this just kind of a hobby for you? Like you just do it on the side? How did you get into baking? Yep, exactly. It's like I just have this love for creating this kind of art, edible art, and yeah, that's how I I started. I took a class at Ben Franklin one weekend with my mom, and that was like maybe ten years ago. And after that, I just fell in love. I kept learning about it, learning about it. Wow, so you've been we, for ten years. Yeah. Oh. Same time. We started about the same time. Yeah. That's when I think the Food Network um, was starting to show, like, you know, the cake challenges. It was kind of coming, yeah? Yeah, so we kind of started from the very beginning. That's wow. amazing. Yeah. You guys are both born and raised in Hawaii. Well, what, what high school did you guys go to? <laughs> I went back in 96. I went, I went McKinley in 96. Ah. Yeah. We're all the same <laughs> age. I'm Kaiser, 96. Public school, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're, wow. we're older. We're significantly older than that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, Dev. Uh, so, so we want to thank you so much for making time out of your schedule to come on. I just was so excited when I saw you guys on TV. Right on, man. But, uh, but we're going to ask you one question, Dev. We should do the Desert Island Disc since everything yes. was music. You know, we, we yes. are technically a music channel. But we do yes. a podcast to kind of connect with our audience. And we do have a, uh, yeah, we'll do this question for yeah. both of you and, and then let you folks go. We always, we always ask our guests, um, we want to get three desert island discs for you. So three discs that if you got stranded on a desert island, you could, if you would keep with you. And they can be Greatest Hits albums. That's the only caveat we give you. Because Greatest Hits is cheating. Wow. That's a tough one. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, oh. While, while, and while you folks are thinking about that, I'll mention to everybody, you can go on Instagram to Corey's Cake Dreams. Corey's Cake Dreams or Mad Cakes, and that's with a Z, and uh, look up their stuff. I mean, it's amazing work, and it, it really is art. Like, I, I was just thinking, like, after watching this thing, I'm like, wow, what, what kind of event can I have where I can get a cake from these two? Like, but, <laughs> but apparently you're so busy, I don't know if I'm going to get one. I got to book you a, a year in advance or something. Sure, we hook you up. <laughs> Nixon, where's your storefront located right now? Right now, um, I have two. Uh, one in Ikom oh. and the other one's in Tripler Hospital. What's it oh, called? Wow. Oh, what, what's it called? Yeah. It's Mad Cakes. Mad, mad, cakes. mad, mad cakes. Mad Cakes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All, All right, so, um, so you had some time to think now. Oh, man. Three desks. This is hard because three, three albums, three albums that, that meant something to you. They can be <laughs> stuff that you remember from small kid time or whatever. Um, <laughs> wow! Gosh, I don't gosh. know. I don't know any. They're all like greatest hits, you know. <laughs> or, or some kind of mix, you know. When you when you break that, it's all kind of mix. It's not really. Okay, well, how about how about three of your favorite bands then, or 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 artists? Okay, that's a, um. You're my favorite band. Ooh, I love like 
Eric Benet. Okay. Uh, music Soul Child. Oh, oh R&B. Wow. Who was that? <laughs> what? Who, who was the last one? Your heart. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I had a Good feeling answer. that <laughs> that that is not an option. That, is... <laughs> that was my college days. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're this. I'm, I'm not. I'm not lying. We're the exact same age. I'm a. I'm a 96 grad from Kaiser. I think you went to UH. Uh huh. Yep. I think I was in your psychology class. <laughs> oh. You know how they have the big. Yeah, it was me and my friend. Do we have a, a, a Howley teacher? Yes. Yeah, and he did that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember. Oh, that's weird. Not right, being Howley. there all yeah, the time. Feedback too, John. With your oh. heart, it was on a. It was a patriotic dinner at uh, Mighty Mo. I don't know. I think you oh. were one of the fans. You remember that? Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. I remember. <laughs> Wait. Oh, man. Yep. Wow. Uh, that was before I think our albums came out and stuff. We did that, oh. that gig. Yeah, that was a, you know, back in those days in the 90s, man, we used to play these, like the Mighty Mo gig, and we used to do the Ala Moana 4th of July, and there would be tens of thousands of people that would go to these. That doesn't really happen like that anymore. Yeah. Well, not anymore for sure, but yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, wait, we just, we, let, we let Nixon off the hook here. Come on, Nixon. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> let's, see your, let's see your three bands. <laughs> Now that okay, so for sure Bob Marley. Ooh, okay. that's good. That's good. Michael Jackson, and oh. then uh, oh, it's hard to choose. I love gospel, so I don't know who to choose from from an album. So <laughs> anything gospel, so any. Oh my gosh! I, I, okay, all right, cool. Those are good choices. Nice, yeah. nice. That's great. Hey, well, again, we. we you see, you do these shows, you don't know who's watching, right? Like me, Devin, and Kyle. Well, I, I'm just a huge fan, but uh, yeah, we're so proud of you folks. You guys, I think, represented Hoy really Thank well. You. you guys were very professional and just kicked ass and incorporated Hoy into everything. So that was just freaking awesome. I, I'm just so, so, so proud. And uh, thanks so much for, for being with us today. Yeah, congratulations and best of luck in the future with everything. Yeah. 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 We we are gonna hook up and get, get a cake from you at some point. That's happening. Okay. <laughs> we can do it for for our like one one hundredth episode we'll do a we'll have a, a high session. Yeah, cake. yeah, we'll do a high sessions cake. Yes. <laughs> cool. Totally. Yeah. Well, thanks, John, uh, John and Kyle, we got some we'll have some swag for you guys that we'll send you. So yeah. yeah, sorry. We, we we normally give a yeah a gift basket for people who come by, but uh, because of COVID, I don't know. We're gonna have to mail it all out or something. So we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But thank you. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good to see you again, Corey. Good to see you. All right, congratulations. <laughs> okay, Nixon. Hey, Great job, you guys. Congratulations. Bye bye. See you later. Bye. All right. They were cool. Did you clean your teeth, Dev? Oh, she was a receptionist. <laughs> Yeah, she's a receptionist at the front. Oh. Yeah. So we, I would see her, I would see her, I would see her, and then one day she was gone. But we'd talk about the, she would talk about the cakes, and um, my dentist has our station on in the office, so they'd be listening to the station. So, Who's your dentist? Uh, Garrett Hayashi. 
But she's all, she she says she works now at an orthodontist office. Yeah, right? yeah. She moved to an orthodontist office. Oh, okay, okay. Nice yeah. lady though. And then I would yeah, for a kind, I would see her I would see her at weddings. And I was like, What are you doing here? And she's like, Hi Devin. And and she'd be making these gigantic cakes. And I was like, Oh, in fact we did uh I emceed one wedding and it was it was outdoors. And she was trying to keep the cake together, and it was crazy because oh. it was like five tiered. It was buttercream frosting, and it had to be, you know, it was Ever Beach, but it had to be like nine hundred degrees outside, <laughs> so everything was melting. And I was like, "Oh no!" Can you imagine trying to like freaking put together like a tower of cake at a wedding, just hoping it won't topple? And what a stress involved, man. But even on the show, you heard about that. Those cakes take like eleven hours to make, and they try to they make you do it in like four right or yeah. three yeah um, yeah it's so hard like to even get to what what they get it'd be kind of interesting to see if they had more time what they could concoct you know well i went on their website and i've seen the cakes that they make you know professionally on the for their job and it's super intricate and it's really really good you know yeah i know during a contest your your time constraint and the amount of materials you have to use and stuff like, you know you, you and you're sacrificing the details and all that stuff but what they pulled off at that show is pretty amazing yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm so happy they came on. They seem so nice. Yeah. And I am going to get a cake from them at some point. I'm so excited about that. Maybe you guys could get order one for like an anniversary party for high sessions or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's together. what we're going to do. No? Yeah. That's what yeah. we're going to do. Get a, get a big ukulele cake yeah, and pop it in half. Yeah. Okay. So getting back to our, our Star Wars uh, discussion, let's, uh, let's, let's get back to the question. Well, we're, we're getting back to Devin's. Um, Traumatic toy experience and and how he how he no, tries to pick no up for it in his no, adulthood no, no. years. We're, we're good. We're done with sharing. No, but no, I, I wanted to I wanted to share with you what I what, I'm in a similar mode. I'm I'm saying the same as you, bro. Oh, okay, okay. Because when I was a kid, everything that I wanted, I never got. I either would not get it or I would get a cheaper version of it. And I think because my parents were kind of frugal, but I, I never was really a spoiled kid, you know. And my neighbor across the street was a, um, a kid that got anything he wanted. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't like I was a lo in loss of not playing with good toys. I'd just go to his house and play with the good stuff, you know. But as I yeah, got older... Cousin, and I was by the way, my cousin who lived in Pro City had auto toys. Yeah. Yeah. So he would come, they would come to Kona or whatever. And he'd bring all his Kikaida dolls and he'd bring all his Rainbow Man dolls. And I was like... You had auto toys man. too. You guys, what are you complaining about? In, in Kona, you had auto toys. No, I didn't have the toys. My my cousin had the toys. No, my cousin had the toys. He would come from Oahu. He would come to Kona. I would get to play with the dolls, and then he would leave. And then and my dad, they bought you. My dad, single. who was working in on in Oahu at the time, would go, and I would tell him, "Go to Shirokia and get me a toy." And he would come back, and like you, he'd bring back some because he don't know, right? So yeah. he'd bring back. He go to Shirokia and go. <laughs> Yeah, that works. And he bring it back. It had nothing to do with any show anywhere. And I was he like, back, he bring back like a bajinja jaw for you, right? You're like, I don't like the bajinja. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, so like for me, I always wanted a mongoose bike, for example. Mm. I never got uh -huh. it. I ended up with a Roger de Costa. And everybody knows if you're old school, Roger de Costa had the round, not the round hole, but the oval hole by the fork, by the fork when, where the frame meets, right? So I had to cover that hole with a Tawny Country sticker and put mongoose stickers on my bike to make it look like a mongoose. 
because I knew, <laughs> you, was living, you knew you were living a lie. Huh? I was living a lie, man. And I lived a lie for a long time when I was a child. So when I finally got old enough to afford a mongoose bike, I went on eBay and I remade a bike, uh, uh, my dream mongoose bike. And um, it cost me a lot of money, but I rode it around the block once, got my jollies, and then I hung it up in the store. So that's, oh, that's nice. the reason why that bike was made, just to relive my childhood and get things that I always wanted and I never had. Did you, you know? get it out before the thing burned down? Yeah, it's in the Waikiki store right now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, the one that burned down back in Booty Groove days, we, I think we sold it at that time. So it, was, it, was, it wasn't there. I had, a, I had a first one I made that was red. Second one I made was white, and the white one's in the store now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of like you. I'm trying to relive my childhood and the things that I missed, you know? But it's because I never got it. You, you kind of had it and you lost it. So I don't know what's worse. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Going on. Um, I won't say the name, but someone wanted to talk about, uh, talk about diabetes. Yes. Because Devin had mentioned on his, uh, on his... All this stuff we started with me. I don't understand. <laughs> okay. Did you know this podcast is therapy? Day for I Devin. know. Like, <laughs> bro, what? So, um, yeah, I yes. don't have much experience with that. I do have fatty liver. Even though I'm yes. skinny, which yes. is uh, which is possible, you can be skinny and have fatty liver. So yes. I'm on uh, my way. You know, the diabetes is on the road stop to uh, to to wherever I'm going. Does it have to be? Devin, no, Devin isn't diabetes, bro. Devin's ahead of me. So, yeah. but um, but they what they they talked about type one diabetes, and they thought that you Devin had type one, but you're you're a type two guy. No, I have type two. I have the kind you get when you're fat and you don't move around. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I mean that's that's how you get type two diabetes. You just don't eat the right stuff. You don't take care of yourself. Um, the type one is more dangerous, uh, because it a lot of times it presents uh in adolescence. Um, oh. and that's the one they got to inject themselves with insulin. I mean, in both cases you do, but in the in the case of type one, you have to um you have to give yourself injections because you're getting low on your insulin and you can pass out and you can die because oh. you can stroke out and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I have the type two, the type two diabetes, which is you uh, you can't process the insulin, so my blood sugar levels get kind of high, and you can also stroke out from that. So um, I've had a, a a number of friends who've had diabetes. I had one friend who died from diabetes just because he didn't want to. He just didn't want to take care of himself. Mm. Uh, so my recommendation, well, the, the type one thing, I, I really cannot say uh, other than to whatever the doctor tells you to do, go do that. But um, Nick Jonas is a type one diabetic. Oh, he is? Yeah. You know so who else is? It's uh, Brett Michaels. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is the, sometimes they'll, they have a pump that they have surgically installed so that they don't have to deal with anything and it just pumps insulin directly oh interesting so, but I, I don't know you know some people want to live a different kind of life so it's hard to because it's not like you can play football and stuff if you've got an insulin pump that's sitting on your side right so right that becomes a different deal but the type 2 one um the problem with type 2 is that it's it's insidious and you don't uh you don't even realize you have it um until it's pretty far along um or you have it and you go well i feel fine so i should be okay and that's actually uh the farthest thing from the truth so um it was funny i i uh i go to ekahi health uh which is a um like a health clinic uh where they help you kind of keep manage your diabetes and understand how everything works and 
um, you have to go to a nurse, um, somebody who does um, uh, like medicines, um, and then you got to go talk to an exercise person, and you talk. To, so it's kind of a holistic approach to uh, managing your diabetes. So Ekahi Health is they do really good work. But anyway, um, uh, I went to see uh, um, Patricia who is the woman who handles all the prescription stuff. And so she sat me down and she goes, okay, so you're on this and you're on this and you're, I mean, I'm on like, I don't know, like five different medications for, uh, for diabetes. But along with the diabetes, you also have to manage your blood pressure and you also have to manage your, um, uh, yeah, so high blood pressure and, shoot, I forget what the other one is. Oh, and your cholesterol, because they all sort of, Right. Everything gets out of whack when you have diabetes. Yeah. Um, but she was, <laughs> she's describing the medicines. She's, do you know what this one does? Do you know what this one does? Do you know what this one does? And I'm like, yeah, that does that. And that does that. And that does that. And she goes, wow, you actually know what these do? I go, yeah, I have to put them on my body. It's important for me to know what they do. Like, I don't know exactly how they work with my body chemistry or any of that kind of stuff. But um, I know enough to know which one you take for what. Uh, which is half the battle because I was surprised, but a lot of people, they get the pills and they don't want to take them or they don't take them. And then, oh, right. Cause you, you have all this stuff. If you're not going to take care of yourselves, if you're not going to take care of yourself then take the pills, ideally you want to take the pills, get better, lose weight, whatever. And then you won't have to worry about your type two diabetes anymore. But I don't know. I like well, ice cream. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, so beyond the pills, and the fact that you got to exercise more, I mean, does it, does it infiltrate your life uh, a bit? Because you said that you didn't even realize you had it. Yeah, well, that's why they call it the silent killer because you can have um, uh, sugar values. Uh, so um, you measure your, your, uh, your sugar uh, rates. And um, ideally, you want to be, when you wake up in the morning, you want to be under 100 when you after you eat you want to be 180 maybe a little bit over 180 but that's it um and then when you go to sleep at night again you want to be less than like 120. Uh, most people are somewhere in that range people who are diabetic get up higher than that um my wife's uncle um yeah he had to go to hospital for diabetes and he was up around like five six hundred mm. Which is like when yours is up that high, you can stroke and you die. Um, so they have to give you just massive amounts of like metformin and stuff, which is this, uh, which is this um, uh, medicine that brings down your uh, your levels. Um, but not everybody wants to take that stuff. And uh, if you don't exercise, if you don't move the blood around, and don't take care of yourself it it messes with all kinds of other stuff so you start having that's where you start having fatty liver it's where you start um like and when you drink alcohol that doesn't help as well right um beer so you have to manage your diet as well because you want to try not to let uh not to have too many carbs in your diet um that's why they try to tell you to cut out rice uh cut out breads stuff like that rice probably the number one worst one to, to eat so if you're gonna if you're going to do rice, instead of doing like this much rice, you do this much rice. Is that what you're doing now? Yeah. yeah. Good, good pot. I out a lot of rice from my diet. But I still eat bread and I still eat pasta. So, you know, 
you try to try to replace them with more green vegetables and stuff like that. All the stuff I hate basically is this right. stuff I'm supposed to. Eat. At least Every, you're walking now, though. That helps, mm, right? Yeah, it it does help. I mean, I'm still uh, when I take my readings now uh, in the morning, it's about one forty. Uh, and again, you want to be under one twenty, under mm. one hundred, at all possible. So you ever you ever try a cauliflower rice? Yeah, that stuff sucks. Oh, it does. Okay, I'm, I'm, yeah. Everything, everything I eat that's not rice sucks. So I don't, yeah, I don't even worry about it. But you can eat, yeah. you know, you can eat tortillas. You can, uh, you can, um, I don't know, make onions or you know, eat, eat it with other stuff. So, yeah. So anyone lied a- to me and told me quinoa was a good rice replacement, oh, and then I, I, I go like, what? And they go, yeah, you should try. And then I tried it, and I wanted to fight. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that that's a replacement for rice, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they lie, bro. They, that's yeah, not, they a, lie. not a. They lie. It's it's one of the hardest things when I go to the ekahi person. One of the people I have to see is a nutritionist, and every time I go to see her, she goes, "Well, how are you doing?" I go, "Well, if you could give me an option for something that I could eat that was good, that was green, I'd be cool. <laughs> but they can't come up with anything." So I go, "Okay, well, I'm just gonna eat less. Is that cool? If I eat less, and then you know." <laughs> But one of the other things too, right, is they, uh, you know, we're so used to eating at 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, right? So right. ideally, if you're diabetic, you want to eat at somewhere around 7 and then just not eat. So it's almost like a, intermittent almost, fasting. Yeah, intermittent fasting. But, uh, but portions are the key, you know, rather than eating this much meat, you eat this much meat. Devin, you got to, there's a good portion of our audience that's audio. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm making, I'm putting two hands together, sorry, uh, and making a space that's probably about what, six inch, like a, like a 12 like ounce. Like a softball, stick. softball. Yeah, like a softball size, when actually it's supposed to be like the size of your fist. Right. That's the, that's the ideal when, amount that you're supposed to eat. Well, you know what's crazy is, I, I remember, <laughs> this is how, this is how um, naive I am, but I actually went up to the guy at L&L one time and I was like, I said, uh, hey, are the... Are the regular size portion plates for two people? They're for two people, right? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, I thought the regular was for two people and the mini is for one person. It's like, no, no, the regular is for one person. I'm like, who eats? Because already in a mini, you have two scoops of rice and three pieces of chicken. That's a mini. And, and so the regular plate must be like five pieces of chicken and three or four oh. plus max. It's... You just throw Mac salad. That's all. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's uh, so I can imagine if you're eating a regular size plate from L and L plus a soda for a meal. That, that to me, if I ate that, that would be it for the like. I would not have to eat the rest of the day, and I I'd just go till till the next day. So if if that's what people are eating regularly, I can I can see why it's a, it's a problem. Like you don't, you John. When you eat a zip pack, you don't finish a zip pack. No, I can't finish a zip pack. It's too much. You never could finish a zip pack. I think when I used to surf, I could probably finish a zip pack, but I'm burning a lot of calories, right? But nowadays, I, I can't. Uh, me and Devin can whack a zip pack, no problem. Yeah, just not uh, the rice, but I whack everything else. Well, yeah, I just leave that green thing behind. You know, the green plastic, <laughs> uh, the double plastic green. Yeah, thing. the salad part I leave behind. <laughs> Okay. Well, the last question has to really do with me, so I'll, I'll do the talking on this one. But it was um, from Quili Jams. Uh, thank you for the question. It just talks about high session show, just the music portion of the show. 
they wanted to know how artists were selected and the future of high sessions and how we can support and stuff like that. I'll be honest with with you, and uh, I think this is a uh, this is a good discussion to have. You know, the artists are selected um, kind of by committee, but it's really a, a word of mouth thing. Um, you know, the the high session show we've always been here to a um, the, the first the first thing about the high sessions the first um, what we're trying to accomplish is we're trying to have a good time. Okay, that's number one. Then secondarily, it is to promote the artist of Hawaii by providing them with quality content, right? So um, when we select artists, we're really looking for people who we can get along with, who, um, you know, fit, fit the show, like, you know, the music fits within the realms of what we shoot. So mostly local artists, although we have had mainline artists and stuff on. And really, it's from word of mouth because... Either we see somebody and we, we like them, so we'll reach out to the artist to see if they want to be on the show. I used to get, when we, were, when we were running full speed, I used to get hit with requests to be on the show daily. It was pretty crazy. And from all around the world. I mean, there's people from like Brazil and Mexico and Canada and Europe writing in to see how they could come on the show. And, you know, realistically, uh, it, we'd love to do it, but I, I don't know how you would, you know, we don't have a budget to fly people and put them up places and whatnot. So that was really the limitation of those. But, um, but beyond that, you know, I mean, uh, the word of mouth part is important because we want people to come in and have a good time. And if I don't know you, then at least if I know someone who does know you and they say, hey, you know, Jim's a good guy and he plays well and we get to see, like, you know, Devin, uh, there's a kid called Eden Kai and Devin was at a wedding and it's like, oh, this kid is really good. You should have him on the show. So I kind of researched it a bit and had him come on the show. So that's kind of how we do it. Just because, I mean, again, like uh, even if it was a really good band, but we didn't really know them, um, you know, we wouldn't want the whole shoot to be uncomfortable. So we kind of try to like, you know, get, get in and kind of see, see how these people are first before we have them on the show. So that's really how they're selected. There's no real one way or the other we love when people reach out and um if we can shoot great although nowadays we only shoot one artist a month now so it's really limited but um um yeah it's kind of just just that's how that's how we do it as far as the future um i think right now we're, we're on the schedule of just one a month artist we're gonna start expanding our camera work we were shooting with one camera for the last few months and uh, people didn't seem to really be that excited about that setup so we're going to switch to two cameras and then maybe maybe three at the most but we're not going back to the seven camera shoot that we were doing before it's just, just too uh -huh. much production yeah okay you say that now i've heard that one before. <laughs> yeah i mean unless we can figure out a way because okay uh, our show is supported financially from youtube and patreon and we're going to start uh selling the the songs on iTunes and stuff like that and, and whatnot. But, uh, and I can tell you that it's, it's, it's barely enough. Like we barely get by. It's not like we're making a, a ton of money off this thing, which, which is fine. I mean, it was never about money, but the, the speed and the um, size of scope that we can do is directly tied, tied into how big of a crew that we can hire and how often we can pay them. So, um, you know, by just watching the videos, you're supporting us by, by buying them online. 
you're supporting us or streaming them on Spotify when they start releasing later on this month, that's fine. And then if you really want to be supportive, there's the Patreon, but we don't expect anybody to do that. That's always just very special when people do sign up for Patreon. Um, By the way, did we get any new people last week? We did not get any new people. Oh. Yeah, so this <laughs> is like, our first week. Yeah. Usually you're like, we got three new Patreon people. I know, uh, I know. Uh, yeah. So, so it, if you okay. do want to support in that way, we're grateful. But, but um, you know, either, either way, we're going to st- uh, continue to create music. It's just at the pace, it's going to depend on how much of this stuff happens. So, okay. I have um, a question for you, John. I mean, okay. I think we covered this before, but it'd be kind of good to revisit. In the history of high sessions, what is the one performance that you keep going back to on YouTube that people should watch? Oh, there's a lot. Um, the first one that, well, Mike okay. Love, right? Yeah, Mike Love was, was lightning in a bottle. I mean, that, that was just magic. Although, although, at the time, I would say uh, the day that he was there, it was kind of like, wow, that was really cool. But I didn't realize it was going to blow up into this phenomenon. You know, mm-hmm. but there's things like uh, when Weldon K. Kaoha did uh, Queen's Jubilee. I think that's one of our our best. I mean, that, that to me, that version beats any version that's ever been done. It, it's such a it was done so well. J- just that day, they just happened to click, you know. Yeah. Um, Ron Artis has a couple of things. These uh, Today's Days, I think, is an excellent video. And then um, the one that was for me, the most meaningful or the most like exciting was the original Capena Day when we filmed them, because it it I talk about this all the time because I didn't understand what people were talking about with Pure Heart until I experienced it with Capena, where like they set up and they were getting ready and all that kind of stuff, and then we got ready, we were gonna shoot them, and they started playing and like like that, I'm back in high school. Like mm-hmm. all the memories of seeing them in high school and, and going to these things and doing stuff with Capena, like that just immediately came rushing back at that time. And so, so when Nolan Hong says, oh, I used to wake up to Greeno's Hula every morning, like I didn't really understand what that meant until I had that experience with Capena and like how it can transport you back to a time because you associate a certain time with the music that was being played. Oh, yeah, yeah, after Kelly Boy's interview, I went back and watched the Capena concert on um, that they that they recorded at First Prez High Sessions, and it, yeah, you're right. Yeah. As soon as that that beat started, then they started playing. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like crazy memories that come back to you," you know? Yeah. And yeah. And what was amazing is they sound exactly the same. Nothing yeah. changed, you know. Yeah. And it's not yeah. like the album. Yeah, they don't practice. They don't practice they nothing. Don't practice nothing. <laughs> we don't see each other for like 15 years. It's all right. We just jump right back in and go. It's, yeah, it's incredible. It's yeah, it's hurting. I don't so, know. I mean, okay. uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that's good. I'm probably leaving out a bunch of stuff, but yeah. Um. Okay. I, I have a question that's not music related at all. Okay. So we we finally uh, I bought a bidet and we installed it. <laughs> Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beautiful moment using that thing. Yes, My I, question to you is, you. huh? I told you it would be built. Well, no, I, I know. I mean, we, I got to, John, you and I both used them in Japan. I mean, Kyle did too. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we understand that the beauty of a bidet. Bidet's a bomb. My question to you is, if, if you're installing that thing and your wife is helping you, is it a big deal? Yes or no? Who, me? Yeah. What do you mean? 
Well, for John, for me, for me, you know who put the, for me, in my house, you know who put that thing in. Oh, like, Heather put I, it in. I opened up the box. I opened up the box. Yeah. I, I told my wife, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them started. And she's like, okay, like five minutes later. I'm like, oh. Uh, how did I get <laughs> the toilet seat off? <laughs> within, like, within 10, 15 minutes, she, she's taken off the seat. We put the thing on. I'm handing her tools. I'm giving stuff you know what i mean like we're 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 hooking everything i turn off the water you know but i'm not doing like the major heavy lifting on this thing the majority of it is my wife and i i remember when i told i forget who it was when we we're my, when uh, my daughter was taking dance um a lot of the the dance dads used to kind of hang out and talk story and stuff and heather put something else together in our house because that's what my wife does and one of the dads goes bro not tell people in public that you your wife did this stuff because <laughs> I don't know, man. And I'm like, I, I think it's kind of cool that my wife is handy like that. So I was just curious, like, do you guys have your my, wives do it? My wife does every single do-it-yourself home project in our house. <laughs> All of them. See? Them. Yeah. I knew I wasn't alone. Yeah, you're not alone. Okay. I mean, the the thing is to me is you know if if you're good, some people are good at those kind of things, and if I were good at it, I would do it. But you got to play to your strengths, man. Yeah, but are you are you are you good at it? But you rather not show your wife that you're good at it so she can do it instead of you, Devin? Oh no, 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 God no! I can see you doing that too. Like, oh, I don't know what kind of screwdriver this is. It's oh, so don't get me wrong. I totally, I totally do that at points in time. Yeah, but I think all I think all husbands do that. That's a, sorry, we're we're letting go of the, the secret the secret sauce for being a husband. But you know, there's stuff that. You know you don't want to do, so you do it really shitty. And then what goes, ah, and then she just takes it over and you go, yay. But no, this is not one of those things. Like if I, I wish I was handy with stuff, but I just, I'm really not. But uh, it, was, it was interesting because it, I don't know about you, John, but um, helping my wife do those things is actually kind of a nice, like couples thing to do. And it, it, it brought me back to when we were dating, when, huh. you know, we're in my apartment and we had to put together um, the hutch. We're like, we're putting together the hutch for, for my entertainment system, right? Right. And at first, it's me doing it. And then five minutes later, she's doing it. And I'm like, I got to marry this woman because she <laughs> put stuff together. And then the best part was when we put it together, we realized we put it together upside down. So then we were like, Oh shit, do we have to? Oh no, does that mean we gotta take it all apart? And then we went, no, screw it, and we just flipped it. We just flipped it around oh. so that it would be up, you know, the right side up. And I went, I think I gotta marry this lady, man. <laughs> like, there's no way I do that by myself. But, like, your wife is handy too, right, Kyle? She's super handy. Oh, Kyle's wife? Yeah. Yeah. She's handy, but I mean, we do our own thing. Like, I, if I buy something, I'm putting it together. And if she buys stuff and she asked me to put it together. I'll put it together because I know how. Oh, okay. But she does take up, you know, the initiative to build things on her own too, you know. But, but is, that, is that something you got from your dad? Because your dad is super handy, right? Yeah, now. yeah. My dad's building you know, things to electrocute birds with. And yeah, my dad was an electrician and he used to build things. So I learned a lot from that too. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a mechanic or anything like that, but I know how to use some tools, you know, if I need to and build a, build a cabinet or install a bidet. I just don't know how, how you got so hopeless, Devin. In, in, I'm not hopeless. Not being just, mechanically inclined. I just like, know my role. I think for me, I, I, swear, I swear to you that I have 
um, some mild form of dyslexia. Because oh. like I get lost really easy. Like you know, if I'm if I don't have a map or Apple phone or something like that back in the day, uh -huh. and um, I get really confused when I have to look at things three dimensionally and, and try to. I'm just my brain is just not so even like Legos. My son can do Legos better than I can at this point. Yeah, my son it, too. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think I think people just I literally. To, I was handing I was handing my son the Lego pieces. <laughs> I'm counting them out. I'm going here. Here's seven <laughs> of the red ones. Okay, here's five of the green ones. <laughs> so I think it's not you guys married the the wives that you guys did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally, totally. But I had no idea that she was so she was so incredibly handy. But she's just yeah. So even um, uh, on our deck, we have uh, a guy's going to come and paint soon. So we had the, we had these, um, what you call, uh, lines, you know, for hanging up laundry, which yeah. we put up, but we never, ever have used. <laughs> um, so we had to take them down because the guys were coming to, to do the painting. So I get up on the thing and I'm like, hmm. Okay. So I take the line, the actual line down. <laughs> I got to go. Uh huh. Gotta take down that thing over there. <laughs> oh, she's she's outside with a hammer, like wow, <laughs> taking the thing off and handing it to me. I'm like, oh. thank you. When it comes to destruction, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, I, I can destroy stuff. I just can't yeah. like remove stuff correctly. So yeah. But it does help that Heather's tall, so she can reach. Yeah, she's yeah. She reaches all the high stuff on the shelves. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's good. Good. yeah. And you know, I I guarantee that your guys wives dads were very very handy and that's the reason why their daughters are handy well that's true yeah because yeah. uh your wife's your wife's family maui side so oh bro they got a farm and stuff well, so. yeah. i remember like um i used to when i was in college i used to go there to visit the family and stuff you know this is when we we're still dating i'd be sleeping <laughs> in the bed and then like 6 30 in the morning i hear bang 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 and i'm like what is going on the dad was like ripping off the um, the wall, like it's just like single single wall construction house, right? And he'd be pulling off planks and then putting up new planks and like hammering into the wall. I was like, <laughs> oh, all right, that's what's going on today. Well, at least he didn't ask. Did he ask you to help him, or were you oh, just nobody asked me to help. Oh, okay. Nobody asked me to help because they know a I'm going to do a horrible job. But credit to him, he used to tell Stace that uh, hey, when you guys are here, John is on vacation. So don't bother him. Mr. Oh, nice. Good father-in-law like, you got. Yeah, because he said, oh, but he working all... Well, you know, at that time, I was the only one working. Stace was in school, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like, you know, he's working all year. This is his only break. So, you know, you shouldn't have to... He shouldn't have to work when he's here. Nice. Yeah. Was, what, was she already hassling you to, like, get out no, there? No, no, she, she wasn't. Stace never hassles me. She never does. <laughs> Nice things about her. You're lucky. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, but I'm a busybody for the most part. Anyway, I was cleaning the bathroom before we started this podcast. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. I did clean the toilet, so you know. So, so how was your experience, Devin, with the bidet when you first used it? You know what? I gotta say, it's it's a beautiful experience. Yeah. But it, <laughs> it is, right? no, the the thing is, the thing is, and I think I mentioned this before. Augie's advice is the best advice for using a bidet. Okitobo? Okitobo. In his in his uh in his stand up when he did his at uh at the Blaisdell and he recorded and he put it up. I remember watching a little piece of it and he said, When you get in the bidet, you know can just you know can just sit 
and relax. Because that water, when it comes and shoot up, <laughs> it freaks you out. So he said, the thing you got to do, when you hit a machine go, you clench up a little bit. <laughs> and, then, and then you let the water hit you like that. And then once it reaches a certain point, then you, yeah, then you relax. <laughs> you got to go to it. And he's not lying. That is totally how it works. If you if you were not expecting it and you just let that bugger go, woo, you get oh, it. No, but believe me, after a while, you're going to let the bugger go. I'm going to need clench. <laughs> This is how I look when I turn on a bidet and I'm sitting on a toilet. <laughs> I don't clench. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a normal occurrence, man. It doesn't shock me. It's just, yeah, you get used to it, then you won't, you won't clench. Don't clench. I don't know, bro. Yeah. I don't know, man. But it, it is a magical thing. Yeah. yeah. But I, trying, I, to explain it to my, trying to explain it to my son is quite a... It's quite an adventure. As long as you don't he tell him it's a it. drinking he fountain, it. it's okay. Huh? As long as you don't tell him it's a drinking fountain, it's okay. No, we, we brought, actually, we brought both kids into the bathroom after we built it, or after, after my wife put it together. And we said, okay, so here's the deal. When you get on this thing, if it hits you, once you push the button, you have to hit stop. Don't just jump off because the water's going to spray in the air. So whatever's yeah. happening, just remember to hit stop. Because if you don't hit stop, that's going to be really bad. Because I, I, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like pressure, where if it doesn't feel the pressure from you sitting down on it, right? This supposedly, that's how it works. The most important thing that you need to know about the bidet is the function of it. There's the chinching washer, <laughs> the two hole washer. And if you're a guy, don't not mix that up. <laughs> I did in Japan. And I, really? I, I think I told a story on, on, on the air before, right? On, on, on this podcast. Really? No, when I was no. in Japan, I'm like, ooh, an ass fountain. So I said, <laughs> I said in it, and then I look at the buttons. I'm like, what does this mean? Because you know, it's on Japanese. Yeah. So I just pressed it, and I guess I pressed the chinching washer. So it shot up the front of me. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so that's the most important thing you need to learn about the two different, you know, okay. buttons. That's very important, especially for your son. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. If he hits the wrong one, he's going to be really sad. But yeah. I just in English, so I think it'll be okay. John, when you go buy one, join us. One day, yeah, I got to... They have gotta, one on sale. Like, they have one on sale at, uh, at uh, the kind Costco. Like, you know, you got to sell his metal detector first. Yeah. <laughs> well, with okay. that, guys, um, I have to get going. But uh, thanks for um, another podcast. Yeah. Or like an hour and a half, dude. I know. But... Uh, we yeah. talked about Star Wars and Doodle. Is this even on the air? I know. And my therapy oh, yeah. session. Yeah, it'll air. Great. I'll edit it up. I'll send it to you guys. We'll go from there. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Have a good, good rest of All the right. week. We'll be next week with uh, Paula Fuga. Shoots. See you guys. Okay, bye. <laughs>